not that urgent. So the uh, New Testament lesson is from Mark, uh, chapter 1, verses 14 and following, and this is the story of uh, Jesus as he's going into Galilee, and he calls the first of the apostles. I'd invite you to listen. This is God's word to us. After John was put in prison, that's important, Jesus went into Galilee proclaiming the good news of God. This is the, the good news. The time has come. The kingdom of God is at hand. Repent. Believe in the good news. And as Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. And at once they left their nets and followed him. And when he had gone a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them, and they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men, and they followed Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we ask that your spirit give us insight discernment, and open our hearts that we might hear more deeply and more truly the message that you speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So a lot of years ago, when I first came to the church, um, I was doing my, uh, my minister greeting thing, you know, it used to be at this door, now it's at that door at, after church, and uh, I was, uh, just happened to be standing near Connie Carpenter. Now, this, this morning we're going to uh, remember some of the dear saints that have passed away all, uh, this past year, 2011. Connie passed away about four years ago. Uh, but Connie, if you all remember Connie, many of you do, is just a man full of insight and wisdom and a dear person. So anyway, I was standing greeting people, doing that thing, and, and uh, somebody was coming through the line and they said, Reverend, uh, something's happening this afternoon, so-and-so, would you pray for good weather? And I did my usual teeth-grinding, grimace face, like, and, uh, and Connie leaned over to me and he said, Jim, next time somebody says that to you, and I've quoted this ever since, this is what you say. You tell them that you're in sales, not in administration. <laughs> and... He was spot on right. And that's what I want to talk about today, that, that in fact we are salespeople for the kingdom of God, and there's nothing pejorative or negative or nasty about that. That is exactly what we are. And in fact, in this pa passage, Jesus gives us a kind of outline, a template on how to do sales. And in fact, Jesus is the salesperson for the kingdom of God. And, and so I want to look at that kind of point by point, see what Jesus did as a kind of template on, on how to do sales with integrity and honest for the, honesty for the kingdom of God. The, the scriptures are so practical sometimes. So we take a look at the scripture. Verse 14, the first passage, the first verse in this passage. It says, John the Baptist was put in prison. Now that stinks. And that's the first word I want to hold on to. I'd ask you to hold on to. That just stinks. And it does stink. 
And I want to just think about that for a moment. When life stinks. Do you know those days when you wake up and, and before anything happens, it feels like you get punched in the stomach and then it goes downhill from there? When life just stinks. John the Baptist is put in prison. That stinks. Remember who John the Baptist is. John the Baptist, for all we know, and from the scripture says, he never came into the city to preach. He never was in Jerusalem, he never was in the synagogues, or he was never in the temple. That his whole ministry was out in the wilderness. In other words, there you have this guy, we know the image, stressed in a camel skin, he's eating bugs and honey, and he's out there in the wilderness, and the reason why he is arrested is because John has said, out in the wilderness, he's not even in the city, he's not in the capital, He's saying that Herod is living in an immoral relationship because he's living with his brother's wife. In other words, he's publicly telling the governor to get married. Now, <laughs> I'm talking about Herod here, you understand. <laughs> and because of that, because he tells the governor that what he's doing is immoral, he not only gets arrested, he eventually gets beheaded. Now that stinks. And not only does it stink in general, it stinks because Jesus and the apostles are very close to John the Baptist. The Baptist is Jesus' cousin, and at least some of the apostles, those who will eventually become apostles, were first students or disciples of John the Baptist. So we know Andrew, for example, before he was an apostle of Jesus, he was a student. He was a disciple of John the Baptist. That stinks. When you know that somebody is arrested and then beheaded for speaking truth, for speaking the obvious, for speaking about morality, he's a, that stinks. When you wake up in the morning and you feel like, life stinks and then it gets worse from there. Let's talk about Jonah. Jonah's fun. I gotta say in advance that when I think about Jonah, all my inner little boy kind of bubbles out. So bear with my inner little boy. Jonah is placed on a really stinky assignment. Jonah is asked by God to go to Las Vegas, essentially, to go to Nineveh and tell them that they're sinners. Duh, you know? And, and you expect anything to, you want me to what? Go to Las Vegas and tell them that they're sinners? Tell the Ninevites? I mean, that's what they do there. What goes to Nineveh stays in Nineveh. You know what I'm saying? And you want me to walk around this huge city and tell them that they're sinners, that they're going to... And so Jonah says, no, I'm going to run away from this, except where can I go from thy spirit? If I go into the deepest depths, thou art there. If I ascend to the highest heights, thou art there. Psalm 139, where can I go? But he tries. We've tried. And so he ends up, as you know, my inner little boy, he ends up in the belly of the great fish. Just think about that. I mean, there he is, swimming around in fish intestinal fluid. Fifth, that's what I have in my notes, fifth. Fifth, fish intestinal fluid. Swimming around. You know like when you go in the lake, and, and you're swimming around, and all of a sudden something touches you, ooh, like that, you know that? You imagine being in the belly of a great fish, and this stuff's just slapping you all day long, and, heaven knows, and it's dark. And then, you get vomited up, you are fish chunk. 
on the shore of Nineveh. I mean, you want to talk about a stinking day. We know what that is, though, don't we? We know what it's like when life stinks, when you feel like a chunk, when you feel just awful, and then it goes down from there. We all know what that is. Now, the result of that, the effect of that, is that when you feel like that, when life stinks, you become more vulnerable. You become more open. Now, the bad news is your people can take, dishonest people can take advantage of you. But the other side of it is you can become stronger and you're more open to the good news. You're more vulnerable to the good news. And I want to suggest Jesus knows that. John is in prison and the people that he is with are more vulnerable because that stinks. And in fact, the church at its very best understands that very principle. And that's why the church at our very best tends to find places that stink. It's called mission. After worship here, when you go downstairs, uh, we'll have our congregational meeting. You'll find uh, the annual reports, and there'll be a mission table set up. I want you to look at that. There's one mission I'll point out, just a kind of example. It's a mission called Love 146. Love 146 is a mission that we're now sponsoring through our church and through our, our efforts and dollars and such. Love 146 is a mission in which church people go into, especially Southeast Asia, where little girls, and I'm talking about pre-adolescent girls, have been captured and are enslaved and are used for the sex slave industry. 146 comes because uh, a, a young preteen had the number 146 on her, and you would go and say, I want 146. I mean, how bad does that stink? And so we know that we, at our best, the church goes into those places that are really bad, really stink, because people are more open, more vulnerable to the good news. So the first word I want you to hear today is stink. Sometimes life really, really stinks, and Jesus understands that. John, his cousin, is arrested and beheaded for speaking morality, for speaking truth. And so what does Jesus do? Second word I want you to hear. He arrives. He arrives. He actually shows up. He goes, he visits the presence, a kind presence in a place that's stinky. Uh, we're talking about sales again, right? If you've got a product you want to sell, this is a multiple choice. You ready? Okay. If you have a product that you want to sell, like the kingdom of God, what's the best way to do that? If you've got a product you want to sell, what's the multiple choice? Okay. A, bulk email. <laughs> B, a pre-recorded telephone message. <laughs> or actually arrive with your product. Jesus actually, and not only does Jesus know a product, Jesus is the product. He is the kingdom of God. Because where Jesus is, there's the kingdom of God. And where the kingdom of God, there is God himself is with us. God is with us. The presence of the li risen living Lord with us. So, so first word, sometimes life stinks. It does, and it gets worse. And so what does Jesus do? He actually arrives. He goes to Galilee. He goes to where he's needed. And then the third word I want you to hold, third phrase, he lays it out. He lays it out. He tells them. He lays out the gospel. He lays out the message. It's not that complicated. It's not that filled with nuance. He lays it out precisely. He says the time now, the time is fulfilled. 
the place, the kingdom of God is at hand. What do you need to do? Repent and believe the good news. He lays it right out. Let's take a look at that. The time is now. The time is fulfilled. If you're in sales, I hope some of you are in sales, basic tenet of salesmanship, basic tenet. If you're trying to sell something, when is the best time for your customer to buy? There's never been a better time to buy a Ford than now, right? That's the saying. You don't say, I'll go home and think about it for a month or two. You've lost your sale. The time is now. And in the kingdom of God, there is only one time. God's everlasting, eternal now. Stillness midst the ever-changing. God, my rest art thou. So for me has dawned the morning. God's eternal now. That's a poem written by Gerhard Tirstegen that the first hymn we sang is by him. It's the kind of place that I retreat to when life stinks. Poetry of Gerhard Tirstegen. God's eternal now. The only time in the kingdom of God is now. So the time is fulfilled. The time is now. The place is here. The kingdom of God is at hand. Can I go back to salesmanship again? Salespersons? If you're trying to sell a car, trying to sell anything but car, the time, there's never been a better time. The place, get in it. Take it for a drive. See how you like it. The kingdom is here. The kingdom is now. Try it out. Test drive it. Accept it. Receive it. Where Christ is, there is the kingdom of God. Where two or three are gathered, there I am in your presence. The kingdom is here. The time is now. The place is here. What are the terms? What do we need to do? Repent. In other words, you can't afford the kingdom. The car's too nice for you. <laughs> but it's been paid for. Christ died for our sins, rose again. So just turn, just repent. Just, just move in the direction of our Lord. It'll cost you nothing, but it'll cost you everything. Repent, and can I say the benefits, the payoff, is belief itself. So belief is not necessarily something that you get in, you get, will get you in, it's that. But it's also the reward itself. Christ within us, Christ below us, Christ above us, Christ around us, Christ to lead us, Christ to guide us. Christ to show us, Christ to forgive us, Christ everywhere. Believe that Christ is with you always. And so, life stinks, Jesus arrives, he lays out the plan, time is now, the kingdom is at hand, repent and believe, extend the invitation. Extend the invitation. And so Jesus says to Peter, follow me. Jesus says to Andrew, right now, follow me. To the boys that Zebedee had, James and John, follow me. The time is now, extend that invitation. I was talking to somebody uh, a couple of weeks ago, not about this, it's a person who was actually in sales and we were talking about something completely different. But one of the things this person said is, uh, this person's father was in sales also, and this person said to me, one of the lessons I learned very early was that you never, ever, ever prejudge a person by their appearance. In other words, somebody comes in and you're selling cars, and they have overalls on and a ripped up t-shirt. You don't think to yourself, hmm, a fairly moderately priced pre-owned car. Don't do that. Because you have no idea how much money they have in the bank. They might be looking for a big old SUV with all the toys. You have no idea. Jesus says to Peter, He's a fisherman. He's got a ripped up old t-shirt. He's fishing. Follow me. And Peter becomes the rock on which the church is built. He says to Matthew, 
who's more interested in money because he's a tax collector. Follow me. And Matthew writes the first of the Gospels. He says to Jonah, who's a fish chunk, <laughs> and Jonah becomes the Billy Graham of his age, and all of Nineveh listens to Jonah. And he says to you, follow me. Life stinks. Jesus has arrived in our lives. Do you know that we are called to arrive in the lives of people who are hurting? That's our calling. That the plan is laid out very clearly. There's no subtlety to this. Repent and believe. And that the extended invitation has been made. We have been called and we are the mouth and the hands and the feet of the kingdom to extend that invitation. If we do that work, then we just have to sit back and watch what the Holy Spirit does as the kingdom of God is at hand. Let's pray. Lord, we give you thanks that you have showed up in our lives when we were feeling defeated and beat. And you have poured into our lives your spirit so that now we are your hands and feet and mouth. We speak your words, we touch with your hands. So use us, Lord, wholly according to thy will so that we, being servants of your kingdom, might see your realm expand in this world until you come again where we are called home in thy name continue to worship by singing hymn 441, Softly and Tenderly Jesus is Calling, 441.